This is Strange Assembly. I'm Chris Stevenson. Here with me today are Jay Earl. Hi. Kevin Kennedy. Hi. Justin Purdy. I'm back. And today will be the second of our two go through the dead of winter in minute detail. But first, another Cote public service announcement. February 26th, Atlanta, or Lawrenceville technically, Georgia, Tower Games. Registration starts at 10 in the morning. First round starts at 11. Be there. See us all. Be there and be square. And remember, if you're a Scorpion player, you can come down and beat Kevin. Like every single round. Like physically. Well, that too. That might be a little bit more difficult than you expect. (laughs) Okay then, Kevin. (laughs) Also about the Dead of Winter, we should mention a couple of things. It does have the new boxes. If you haven't opened any up yet, the new boxes are great. They're sweet. Oh, they're awesome. Even if you aren't buying by the box, if you have a at your store, ask for the box after it's empty. They're awesome. Yes. And you should not buy starter decks by the box. No. The collation seems to be better in the booster boxes, but uh, we've got a lot of... We have three copies of Moshi Kalani. (laughs) Yeah, getting the same... Three or four of the same rare in all of your... Same unique rare. Well, that... You don't mind as much when you're like, Oh, look, my three starter decks all had three purettes. They all had Thousand Cuts style. But it's still... Yeah, there's also a decent chance it will be... Trevor got three copies of oh, each of the Celestials. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, that's harsh. Oh, yeah. tough, tough. But on to the discussion... First up today, we'll hit the spider, and we'll start with their nice, generic, awesome guy, Daigatsu Sahara. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good. He's uh, Benchero. Yes, he has no keywords, but I uh, I imagine he'll still find his way into many decks. Do you just throw him into any random spider deck, or do you actually think a little bit about what your focus value is? I would probably put him into a spider paragon deck. Because you, you've got good focus values, and it's just bonus. Yeah, and the Dark Virtues can get played by people who aren't Dark whatever. He, you yeah. put him in a Monk side deck, he can't play any of those specific cards if you're being specific about it. I mean, he'd be kind of silly out of Breeder, too. Kind of counterproductive with 11 gold cost. You have seen people play Spider Unique. Super friendish stuff plus some other theme. That's I mean, true. obviously he'd end up in. Oh that, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. That's another deck he would end up in. The Spider Super Friends Big Oni's deck. Yeah, because he is a big Oni, just without the Oni trait. Yes. Well, that does matter because, of course, Shadowlands Beasties is a theme and does have specific cards for it. In this set, there are two Onis and one Oni support card, and nothing really. Goblin specific, I don't think, unless you count Good scout news. cards. There's no goblins. Um, there's, I mean, the scout stuff we already talked about, and it seems like, I mean, the big huge scout card is basically grab only. Yeah. So this, you've got the Spider Clan Oni Fasuta no Oni, who has the sort of oddly phrased trait that says after Fasuta enters play, which I'm sure at some point is going to confuse someone into thinking that it's referring to. 
But he's just raw force. You pay six gold because you're buying him cheap. He's seven force. Yeah. I don't think that's going to make it into an Oni deck. Not really. No. no. He's kind of boring. But I think Mujisato is good. He's five gold and gives out plague tokens. Or no, haunted, tokens. haunted tokens. Causes key death. Eventually. Pairs with Asawa Fasuda pretty well. Mm. And then eats people's souls. He does kill things very, very slowly. Yes, and when he eats someone's souls, he gets a plus one force token. Yeah. And he's, he's unique, and Fasuta's unique, and Fasuta no Oni has a weird honor loss, and Ujisato, despite being a Oni, has no honor loss at all. Despite being apparently very, very evil Oni, has no honor loss Yes, at all. maybe there just wasn't room to squeeze. <clears throat> yes. The one support card that they got is Bestial Rage. I guess it's not quite just lots and lots of force, but, I mean, is this best played as an open? Is that the one where you tear a guy's arm off and use it as a weapon? No. That's the <laughs> one where you... Your non-human personality rips apart one of your other personalities, gets a bunch of frenzy tokens, and then the next time he would get bowed or... I'm sorry, not the next time. For the rest of the turn, he cannot bow or be moved home. So... That seems like the sort of thing you'd want to rip up your guy as an open and then charge into battle and have this guy who they have to destroy to get rid of. Well, I mean, the other option is that you could save it for battle and when your opponent bows out, one of your huge onis just go, oh, I'm going to get his force. <laughs> my goblin eats my oni and then... I, yes. I, I kind of yeah. want to do it with hoo-hoo just because that would be hilarious. You would. Uh, does that work? He's a non-human. Is it base? Yeah, but they get frenzy tokens. Does it, is it base force? Yes. It is base, yeah. You get frenzy tokens equal to the amount of base force. Oh, I guess if you had one hoo-hoo ripping up another hoo-hoo and then right. the comes back. I, I don't think, think it's good. I'm saying oh, it's hilarious. I don't think it's like some of the, I the we were going power the, corrupting kind of yeah. stuff where you bring the one hoo-hoo back with the giant force because I think it, it loses the tokens. Yeah, it does lose the tokens, pile. sadly. So doesn't seem to be a lot working really for the Shadowlands beasties this time around. Paragons. We have the controversial Paragon. No. Well, I guess there is. As I pick up the undead cards, but there is a controversial Paragon, Yoritomo and Aranai, although not... Why is she controversial? Because she took up a Mantis Clan slot. Some of the Mantis Clan players didn't like the fact that there was an Infiltrator. Some of the Mantis Clan players didn't like the fact that she took up one of their seven personality slots, even though she's pretty lousy for them. Yeah, she is pretty lousy for them. Since she doesn't have that N-word on her. Yeah, well, if she had the naval word, she'd be just ridiculous well, yeah. for Spider. It turns out that random guys with battle decent battle abilities in naval oh. are really good. Yeah. No. It's like Gadayu that finds his way into so many decks. Yes. Right, so she's controversial because the Mantis players aren't happy about losing a rare slot to her. Well, or, she's an uncommon. Oh, she's an uncommon. Okay. Well, well, she's not that controversial. It was, it was Hatchagora, which we'll get to in a second. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh, but still, Battle Bower card is okay. You wouldn't want to enable her ability anyway. She's kind of pricey. Her force isn't anything impressive for Spider. The other Paragon, Daigatsu Gasang, same force, same, you know, same stats, same gold cost. Pretty sweet ability. I, I like him better. Yeah, I like him better. He's good. He'll, he'll go into Paragon decks and Super Friends. Yeah, but He's like we good. were saying earlier, one of the upsides of Paragons is that a lot of their stuff just targets Samurai, so you don't necessarily have to have Paragons to squeeze everything in. Probably, 
I think the biggest part for Paragons this set, though, is the strategy card Compromise. Yeah. Which is just produce two gold. Bring out your guy early. Well, he doesn't come out any earlier, yeah, necessarily. Because what you're going to do is you're going to bring him out during your open action phase on like your second turn, and then you can attack. He doesn't come out... He just reduces his gold cost. You still buy him during the you dynasty phase. You still buy him phase. during dynasty oh, phase. Oh, I mis- completely misread that card. Okay. You can kind of read it as reaction. When you're buying a Paragon, produce two gold. Okay. But that still produces two gold to pay for a personality. One Koku was pretty solid back in the day, and that was just one. This is two. I think that's pretty great. Scott, what focus value? Two. 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 Here's preparedness. Too, and that's just another dark virtue, but it's not uniquely spider or anything. I have no um, idea why that's a dark virtue. Neither do I. Granted, many of the traits that are embodied by the dark virtues don't necessarily have anything to do with evil or whatnot, but preparedness doesn't really seem to sync up with any of the so negative emotions. Are the or... Boy Scouts suddenly evil or something? What do you mean, suddenly? Come on, if, we, if we've learned anything from the Crab Berserkers, it is wrong to prepare for things. You just do stuff. They just, they just smash. They've been watching The Lion King. Be prepared, Scar. No, I'll okay, spare that, you singing it. That was, Did you not watch that when you were a kid? I watched The Lion King, it's just not funny. <laughs> well, I stand in good company then. <laughs> yeah, you do. But how about the card itself? It's unique, it lets you tutor up one of your non-unique samurai. I guess this really depends on... Does your clan have Jutsushi or some other non-unique samurai you Jutsushi's really, really not want to a samurai. show? Oh, he's not? Okay, well, goodness. some other equivalently key... That's right, he's just a courtier magistrate. Some equivalently key no, non-unique... No, no thine enemy. <laughs> <laughs> is that your excuse? That is my excuse. Okay, let's actually go on to I the undead they... theme. Oh, sorry. If I were a Phoenix player, I could use it to give Gohiko. He's pretty good. Anyways, Sorry. No, no, I kind of jump from preparedness anyway. But okay, the undead, Shugenjo undead, start with Hachigoro. Hachigoro, despite having the name Hachigoro, and despite having the same stats as the Lion Clan personality Hachigoro, and despite referencing Lion on the card, it has been explicitly stated by the story team that this is not Hachigoro, that if it was Hachigoro, it would say experienced unique. Well, if it, if it was Hachigoro, he wouldn't be wearing crab armor. I don't know. But there were there were a lot of Lion players who saw this, thought it was their Hachigoro, got upset about it. So, it is a bit odd. Since it relates to the Lion Clan, and it's got the name of a recently awesome Lion Clan personality, kind of raises the inference that, oh, maybe this has something to do with, with that guy, but he doesn't. But what is a card? What do we think about Mr. Infinite? I think he's an accidentally frustrating undead card. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to call him Ho-Ho Girl. Because he's basically Spider's version of Ho-Ho. But, yeah, Hachigoro seems handy. Even if he doesn't come back in free, he just keeps coming back, especially late game. Yeah, especially especially late game. That's that's what makes spider Breeders so strong, is because their personality production does not slow down. And I think he's a ridiculously good addition to that deck. Yeah. What about the incubator? The incubator is It'll interesting. Get He'll get played. Um, he triggers. Uh, I know this guy's name. I see him all. The, Udo, not Udo? Udo. Udo. He triggers Udo 
which is always a bonus. I can't believe I blanked on that. I've heard Udo's pretty good. He has nine gold, though. I mean... Well, you're basically paying seven gold for six fours split up amongst three guys. Yeah. I mean, comparing him to, say, like, Asawa Takashi... Tagashi would be 8 gold for 8 force, and you still have a Shigenja and you have your putts. He seems yeah. better. And just the guy who is 5 force for 5 gold split among 2 guys seems better as well. So he seems weaker than some of the other token generator split your force guys. Yeah. I mean, he's good. But he does let you generate a lot of undead to play Unnatural Hunger for free. Yes, that's yeah. true. That card is uh, pretty scary. I don't know that it's really scary to me. Destroy an enemy card without attachments? You know, good. Not, like, ridiculously scary. I mean, let's just assume they're going to pay it for, like, they're not going to pay for it. It's going to be really cheap. It does still take a bit to get down to free. Yeah. It's not like turn three they're going yeah, zero, I mean, destroy your card without attachments. I mean, right? I'd probably put two of it in a deck. But it's still, it's a good card, it's just, it's more of a late-game card when you've got Hordes sure. and Hordes and Zombies for maximum effectiveness. Uh, and then, to put on the Shugenja, you have Stealing, Stealing the, essence, the Essence. Which I don't think anybody will play. I think it's decent, but it requires you having a uh, Shugenja at that battlefield. Because they can't perform it if they're not there. Yeah, you have to have the Shugenja at the battle, you have to have the Undead personality at the battle, which granted, probably going to. Or follower. It says undead personality or follower. Yes. So you could put the, uh, that one that spawns three undead followers out there. Yeah, but I don't see people playing with that. They, I don't think people want to put followers on their expendable. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. It generates a range five attack, and I think a range five attack is worth playing with, but it makes you jump through a few hoops to get the range five attack, including having put it on the table before the battle and telegraphing it. And your Shigenja is the number one target yeah. at those battles anyway. Yeah, hints, don't put it on Udo, because make them decide. <laughs> well, there's one card that I think belongs with the undead cards, because I think it's really, really good for the undead deck, and that's Crippling Weather. The, the one that destroys terrain, and then after each time a battle action resolves, battle personality performed it. Because you have lots and lots of personalities to well, battle, and not a lot of Actions to perform. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You just sit there with like a dozen guys and play, a bunch of force. You play your force pumps, and, yeah. and they don't aren't performed by people most of the time. Yeah, I find that to be a scary card. You never know if you're gonna it's I mean, gonna work for you or not. The most insidious part about this is if if you play a card to straighten your personality, just get out again because they performed an action. If it's, well, if it's well yeah, if it's a perform straightening. You're planning out in your head, okay, I've got these five guys, here are the actions I think I'm going to be able to take before, you know, all my guys get dealt with, and then someone drops that, and you're like, oh. The undead do have a solid ability to take advantage of it, because at least they don't have actions. Mm -hmm. I mean, and your opponent is going to be relying <laughs> on actions. The worst case scenario is you play Game of Sincerity and bow the dude that you played it with. Yes. That's such a harp cry. I know. And then you can blow him up later to, yeah, to do something else. You have to bow the guy who you expendable, so now he's bowed in the discard pile. <laughs> okay. Now, of course, Spider also got a new stronghold, Cuden Suzumi. 
Pretty Which, exciting. Yes, it's uh, a monk card. It's a kill action. And it can then card, card cycle. cycle. And it half works when bowed. I, I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty amazing. I think the f- flavor of the card doesn't sync up at all with what it does, because as soon as this card got previewed, people started talking about how the monks had taken over the Sparrow Clan, and of course these spider monks have nothing in particular to do with the spider taking over the Sparrow Clan. It's a very specifically flavored card title, and then a very specifically flavored ability that don't actually have anything to do with each other. It'd be real hard to come up with some other suitable flavored stronghold for monks that are just kind of wandering around without a real base, though. Well, you'd just have... You could just call it something like, you know, the Order of Venom, or... Yeah, you can just make something up. You know, Venomous Temple, or Temple of Venom. uh, They got one personality, Katahide. It's also awesome. I think it's pretty good, and that's especially important because I think that the personality base is where Spider-Man's the Spider Monk are lag. Oh, yeah. still the weakest. Why play with Momiji when, for one less force, you can have a guy that you know, is built in Pillars of Virtue? That's pretty good. Do you consider the Dark Oracle Fire a uh, Spider card? You can talk about it now if you want. I mean, they get to ignore. The new one doesn't get to... The new one doesn't get to... The the new one doesn't. I guess he'd probably run out of breeder. Yeah, that's the other box that people actually play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Dark Oracle Fire seems pretty solid, but I think you're taking your life in your own hands if you are not Spider and you bring it out against Crane or Scorpion this Cote season. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's kind of a death wish right there. So, on the other hand, against, you know, Dishonor and Honor deck, you usually keep all of your provinces, or against the Dishonor deck specifically, you usually keep all of your provinces for the game, so you can probably afford to lose one provinces of production to just flushing that, because it's certainly not worth the Honor hit, but it's interesting, it, it's, I guess, another way to have something that comes into play and sticks around but it doesn't mess up with the Celestials, and since events aren't allowed to stay in play anymore, you have to do all more odd things like holdings that straighten themselves when they come into play. And... Yeah. Well, the dorks have always been holdings. Yes. I, I, I did like it. The old ones had the little symbol next to them on the art, but... You gotta remember, are those any good at the time? I know if you go back and look at them now, they look terrible, but a lot of old cards do. I think there were one or two that were good, but for the most part, they weren't. Well, we talked about various Kensei things before when talking about the Scorpion, so you've got all of those available to you for for the Spider as well, but you're going to have a harder time putting them in your deck because the Spider Monks already have such a broad selection of cards since they have all the Kensei stuff and all of their own subset of cards. I don't think we actually talked about No Pure Breath yet either. No, because that's not a Kensei card. It's ranged attack with, with strength equal to your monk's force, which is probably at least five, possibly eight, if you have a weapon on him. That seems a lot better than stealing the essence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> range five at the cost of blowing your guy up, or range, range five. five plus at the cost of nothing. Yep, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I know that monk's eye were something that people had been playing around with before Dead of Winter, and 
I think that despite their inability to seppuku, they'll really start taking a more prominent place in the tournament scene come Kote season that we'll actually see well, spider decks that aren't out of the green They box. can run Temple of Redemption and seppuku that way. And that's not a bad idea for monks because of that... that Sohei's duty. Because of Sohei's duty. Yes, and Oyosedo is also a temple. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think both Dragon Monk and Spider Monk, you will see a lot of Oyosedo and some Temple of Redemption, along with a couple of other temples to fuel to fuel Sohei's duty and to fight against Dishonor, which is a, I think is going to be a bad matchup for both of those decks. Yeah. But, okay. That's enough time on Spider. Well, half of us are Phoenix. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about Phoenix. Yes. yes. Here, go, go to town, one of you guys. Um, I think we got some good stuff. I do too. Um, I like the military cards we got. Uh, we got a guy like Kamaru, who's kind of sort of Mantis, but um, another cavalry check with good force and battle ability that lets her play a. Hooray, more cavalry naval. Basically yeah. does unpredictable strategy. She's not naval. She's never going to... No, you're, you're gonna probably not going to put a Thunder spell. Wrath of Thunder is a good spell. Yeah, I uh, bet you that by the end of the arc I will have never seen a naval Agasha Kamaru unless you go out of your way to try I'm to annoy I'm putting her in my deck and running Wrath of Thunder in my deck. It could happen. But she's water, so once I get Brian play, she's going to be naval anyway. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see a naval version of this. Well, card. not because she has a thunder spell on her. And then there's Asawa Fariko, who's got a decent stat line and has got a battle range four attack, which is pretty good. Uh, it's nice to see Phoenix Shigenju actually have battle abilities printed on them for a change. You can only get so many boxable or sub-boxable cavalry swarm cards. Yeah. Uh, now, your Shugenja military did get a couple of spells. Good spells. To go with your fire mm-hmm. Shugenja, you can go and get her up to six force with consumption by fire and yep. lots of ranged yep. attacks. And a ranged attack that can kill... What's that crane no, lady's name? No hiding place, that's all I Oh, take your about. pick. Yeah, Shikishi or the storyteller. The one oh, that I now have to say. Oh, yes. The one I've now learned to hate. <laughs> Why do you hate Nancy? That's just mean. It's not Nancy's <laughs> fault. It's the card. It's because of their new stronghold. I think you probably, probably talked about this. Yeah, well, not just their new stronghold, but all the other enabling cards that that yes. Switch has now. Then there's All Water Flows, which is great for the cavalry decks. got a battle bow for free. Give them a force pump. Yeah, basically, I know that they don't have to segregate like this, but you've got one water guy and one water spell, and then one fire guy and one fire spell for the blow em up and cavalry versions of the <laughs> Phoenix spell military. Yeah, and our Earth spell is Guardian of Earth, which creates a Yojimbo, uh, which is really, really, really good for the Yojimbo Shigenja Synergy deck. Especially considering the main problem that you get Jinjimbo, Jinjimbo's energy deck is that then all these Jinjimbo's have been pretty expensive, except for the boxable ones who you really can't play because of all the boxable hate out there. 
You're going to play Gohuko, though, right? I think I we'll just probably be playing yeah. Gohuko. <laughs> yeah. Um, open straight in TST. Open straight in TST. Open, make four gold with City of Tears for Consumed by Five Fires. You're not going to have players in City of Tears, but TST should I will go play on. him in City of Tears. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You can, I, you can build a... Uh, I see her in Shrine of Champions before I saw her in City of Tears. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put her in my current City of Tears, but I'm working on a new Jimbo-based City of Tears. The Guardian of the Earth and really, really sweet follower we got. <laughs> the Stone Guardian? Yeah. Stone, I can't be destroyed, Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, there are plenty of ways to get around having a follower to kill somebody, but that's uh, it's a lot of force. Yeah, I'd rather have a Taoist Archer than a Stone Guardian. Or an Imperial Elite Guard than a Stone Guardian. Undestroyable force is nice, but I want to kill my opponent's stuff, too. That's not a problem. <laughs> Not for Phoenix. Well, but you're, now you're taking out some of the infinite kill actions and just putting in static fours. Well, putting in. Well, infinite minus three is still infinite. So. <laughs> the deck I want to use them in is going to be running the infantry people who actually have battle abilities, like Fariko, uh, that kill people. So, and Gashagifu. Because you can discard him for Gashagifu too, because he's Earth as well. Now, what about the unopposed force pump for your Yojimbo? Meh. Not, I'm not enthusiastic about it. I mean, I mean most of the Yojimbos that I want to do it with are I've already used uh, that duelist card that does the same thing, pretty right. much. But it's, it's not horrible. I mean, you can do it as an open, so it's like, oh, you're playing against Crab. I'm going to give four or five force to my biggest guy, so when I attack, I can actually trigger TST. It and, might actually be a reasonable replacement for Nature's Embrace. Yeah. And, I mean, with certain decks, I mean, my TST deck, that's probably going to be six force, which is nothing yeah. to sneeze at. Um, they did a lot of unopposed force. Yeah. Before we hit the other themes, we have a generic spell drawing the void. I don't think anybody but Phoenix is going to play that because it's going to cost real money for anyone else. And I... Don't think that Phoenix is going to play this unless maybe it's, it's, Enlightenment. It's an Enlightenment card. It's an Enlightenment card, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not bad for an Enlightenment card. It's got what every Enlightenment card needs, which is four focus value. Yes. Um, I think Dragon actually has a Void Shigenja now. Yes, we're not going to play with that card. No. no. You shouldn't need a box. You're playing in the box that does it already. Yes. 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 And the. Uh, Dragon Enlightenment is it's a tight deck. Based it's hard to get stuff so into than, uh, too. I mean, you now have four Shugenja who do nice things for that, but it's all the same guy mostly. Defensive Honor has a variety of interesting personalities, starting with Hitsuko, who I know he says Inquisitor Magistrate, and that's kind of a separate theme. But that ability seems good enough to just go in, yeah. in a random yeah. Shrine of Champions oh, yeah. Honor. It's unfortunate that I don't really think Shrine of Champions Honor is going to be any good now because of Dishonor. Yeah, I think that's something that we've all expressed. Conservative Dishonor seems to have the upper hand against Honor in those matchups, and it seems like there will be a lot of Dishonor, but we'll get into that more, I imagine, when we 
we had our mid-February pre-Cote episode. I think we'll probably start to break down. And we'll like have a little bit more play. Seems like we should maybe talk too. about Revenge Token Guy next then. Yay, oh, yeah. Revenge Token. Yes. On a guy with an above box honor requirement. Yeah. I, I'm enthused. <laughs> <laughs> that That is a bit funny. But you have to defend. He's a spell at, at the battle. I have to say, a, a lot of times I... Maybe he's more City of Tears honor than Shrine of Champions honor. Yeah. Uh, Shrine of Champions, I don't, I don't see a lot of spells at the battle. They're yeah, usually spells, at home. See, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, Consume by five off of him and then give it plus more profit strength and then he'll still be around to run away with your next action. Yeah. Yeah. And he is for personal honor for the honor deck. Yeah, now this is the second guy we've seen. Uh, Crane has one, Dragon has one, Phoenix has one with these Plus one force revenge tokens. I don't know, I guess you can toss around a lot of revenge tokens, because every single time they ding you for two, I you get one, but you're not starting with a lot of force. I think if I were playing this honor, I'd just, you know, use my, my limited kill action to kill him first. Probably rather use he's, it to kill some guy who's got a continuous honor gain. He's a yeah. pretty good target, too, because he's got four personal honor, and if you dishonor him, then... I tend to think that, no, tossing on a few more fours onto an honor deck still is not going to make a difference. You're going to have a bunch of four fours guys instead of threes, maybe, that still don't have relevant battle abilities, or depending on what variety you're playing, your zero to two fours guys may now be two or three. Or, or especially you the problem, can use seven of them to take a province. The, the problem is you're attacking, so all of your defensive cards are worthless, and... The Dishonor deck is... Is built to take that. Right, is built, is yeah. built to take a crab deck attacking, so it's going to have no problem with you. Yeah, and even if you take the province, you're going to hemorrhage even more honor right. in the process. The Theoretically, I guess, the advantage that you have is that you have enough honor gains that you keep your head above water so you don't get that's, blown out in mid-attack like the crab deck does. That's the theory. But, right, but even then, most of those are going to be defensive cards, so by playing those, you're not taking the province anymore. Yeah, well, you may have other things that... I, I wasn't thinking so much about the things you're playing in the middle of the battle, mm -hmm. just as... I mean, there, there's still a decent amount of honor gains that you get to run outside of the the battle, although if you, you know, bow too many guys to Temple to Shinsei or My Father's Shrine, you're not going to have anybody left to attack with anyway. But the other generic defensive honor... Personality, I think, is Isawa Kamai. She's good. If yeah. I were good. Yeah, she's got that nine honor crime again, but she seems great for the honor deck. Again, for personal honor. She overlays current personality, so that's not a bad thing. She's yet another Phoenix personality who straightens herself for all of those I touch your ice seven time kind of things. Mm -hmm. And she's more card access. Yep. Which is... Right, which is why she goes into a It's great. It's usually a combination of win, win, and win. Yeah. Yeah. The last one seems like it's Castle of Earth. I like Castle of Water better. Yeah. 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 Because you have to have someone at the battle to use Castle of Earth. Actually, you have to have this yeah. guy... At the battle. It doesn't even matter if you use this guy, because when you use Castle of Earth, you're going to bow Kaneki, and you can't react with him after that. But, uh, 
Well, I don't think you have to use it on that particular personality. I'm just saying, generically, I mean, the nice thing about Castle of Water is that you get to do it from home. Yeah. This, you have to sit there and have the guy in the battle, and then the thing that he does is increase your profit strength by four instead of killing or sending home an enemy unit. And you could kind of use it for switching stuff, but it bows your dude. Yeah, well, if you actually have a ring in play... But the rings usually do good things on their own. That's kind of the problem yeah. with, unless you're bowing your ring to draw cards, the ring usually does something pretty darn good by itself. Yeah. The, the plus one force would matter more, uh, I think, if you were really attacking with specifically Earth-based right. Phoenix it's decks, but that seems attack. to be more fire and water for, for those decks. Now, so in addition to Hitsuko, the Inquisitor's theme gets Agasha Kokoden. Throwing up in a lot of crane decks. Flat out to honor loss. There's definitely been an increase in... Uh, the number of dishonor in, cards. dishonor-related Phoenix cards. I mean, you've got Kami's Whisper in this set. But, uh, and I guess since your Inquisitors are air, we can talk about Reach Across the World here, although... I don't think anybody's going to play that card. It's a bad card. It's a bad card. I mean, the, the best use I've come up for it is I've spread out my attachments. I see my opponent has dropped several on one guy. I'm going to consolidate my attaches for uh, consumed, but at that point, that's a horrible use for the card. Or I saw it consolidate your attachments so you can play the last one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stick with wood barricade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had some other things you wanted to talk about, Jay? Oh, I just uh, I felt it fell into the Phoenix since we do Enlightenment and we didn't talk about it in Dragon. Is the Serene Brother? We haven't the... talked about Dragon yet, have we? That's correct. Oh, have oh <laughs> well then I'll save it for. Dragon. Oh no, I just go, go ahead and do it now. Okay, the Serene Brother is one of the Enlightenment cards in the set. The big thing being the focus effect of putting a ring from your discard pile into the focus pile or your hand or your hand, letting you much more easily get. Ring of Fire, or more importantly, if you botch Ring of Fire, it's no longer gone forever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, from a particularly Phoenix perspective, the Ancestral Temple is actually pretty good for showing the Champions Enlightenment deck. Mm. Yeah, well, I think with Serene Brother, I'd also note that another thing it lets you do, in addition to obviously just getting it back, it lets you focus a four from your hand and then focus the Ring of Fire, so it just mm. gives you a little bit more control, and you can also wait and see what your opponent's focus values are, so it reduces the chances of botching, botching in the fire. first place. Right. If you if you focus that, and you look at the focus values, you're like, oh, well, if I focused, if I had focused my ring of fire, I would have had to have kept it as a four. You know, now you have the option of just, okay, we'll just keep this in my hand and wait for a, a right. later duel. Right. I mean, again, it makes ring of fire a lot easier, and ring of fire is the hard one right now, so that's a strong card for enlightenment. Yeah, and then there's also test the Testament of Fire, which is another Enlightenment-based card, which if you put a ring into play, you get to draw a card, put a ring from your fate discard pile into your hand. Um, it's got a four-focus value, which, you know, every Enlightenment card pretty much needs. Yeah. Um, and then Public Records, which I know you hate, but... I don't hate Public Records, and Enlightenment is one place I could see liking it more. I am not a big fan of paying money to fiddle with the top of my deck yeah. and not increase my card access. I mean, I can get a card a little bit sooner, but 
Right. I mean, to, to me, it's that one is just for setting up if you're going to pull the top card, like the crane deck that you wants wants to hit wants the top card to be the four for when Gisay, yeah, uh, for Gisay or what have you, and I think that's where that goes. Is well, the alignment deck also has drawing the void, which is kind of a better card for that purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's a fate card, but yeah. Um, honestly, if I played passive defensive decks, I'd probably go for defensive enlightenment as opposed to defensive honor now because of all the dishonor stuff that's out there. And maybe a little bit of honor flavor just for, for slow games. And well, you have to have water. Well, just to keep your head above water against the dishonor deck until you can bring out. And you do have to take a promise for Earth. If you were playing a purely defensive deck and your opponent is playing crane artisans or courtiers or scorpion courtiers, you're going to have to attack, or else there's never going to be a battle to play fire either. True, mm. but that's what ambush is for. Yes, it's <laughs> a brilliant card against dishonor. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Make sure when you play the ambush that you ambush with the guy that they've used Jutsushi on three times. Hey, if I'm ambushing, I'm getting Ring of Fire at that point. I win before the five honor hit from ambush knocks me out. No, that's not true. You lose the five honor first. You lose the yeah. Do you? Yes, yes. because oh. ambush resolves, and then after ambush has resolved, then the battle happens. Never mind then. Yeah. Oops. No, no good. Not yeah. to mention the honor you could lose <laughs> in the battle, and now you're talking about a defensive enlightenment deck that's playing with ambush and presumably sneak attack. So the, yeah. the first thing that happens is the duel. <laughs> no, sneak attack. No, we sneak. have this naval word on our enough of our guys. Yeah, not sneak attack. Means a hiko. Or more hiko. Okay. Bry. <laughs> okay, stop listening, naval guys. Go play Mantis. <laughs> Lion have so far been the most successful clan in Samurai Edition. You guys think they're going to be keeping it up after the dead of winter? I never underestimate the line. They do have high personal honor, and they still go first against Scorpion. But not against the new crane box. Nope. <laughs> nope. That is going to be funny to watch. But I think Maya can actually beat the new crane box. Because they've got enough high honor people that they can continually buy people, and they've got enough cards that gain them honor that they yeah. that synergize well with them attacking into people. Um, I think it'll just be so flummoxed about going second that... Uh, they won't know what to do. Yeah, and I, I think the Lion Paragon that are in this set fit into that sort of mold of what the Lion would want to do. You've got Matsu Eito, who is another cavalry for them. Cheap, high personal honor. Defensive decks do not like cavalry personalities because you can't get in there and start dishonoring people and gaining honor. You just have to lose your provinces. And the Paragons also do have that honor gain ability when you go onto their uniqueness set. Matsu Fumio, who's, I think, gained honor for her basic, but continues to gain honor with her fear ability and have four personal honor in her, her new version, who's definitely going to be bowing anything that a crane or scorpion deck defends yeah. with. She is nine gold. You think she's going to see play? Probably not. Yes. You think yes or you think no? Well, from the line players that I know, they probably wouldn't play her. But then the line players that I know, 
I think that the Lion players are willing to pay nine when it's for a solid, unique, and I think that she does enough. I don't think that she's as attractive as her basic because of how much more she costs. But that is another thing. You well, can actually, play with you, the good you Fumio, can, and then you can overlay you, it for free. Okay, I take that back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm wrong. As per usual. The Paragons, or the Lion Paragons, also get a specific card that gives you some move-in and... The Guided and by Honor. Guided by Honor. Yeah, that's a pretty good move-in. Move-in and bow somebody. Yeah, and... and it usually is bow somebody, because there's not very many people with five personal honor out there. There are not, and your Paragons one, usually have four. Someone might be playing Scorpion Fox Wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> You never know. Well, you can't move in and bow Doji Domatai. They might have a, and they might <laughs> have some maidens. difficulty against Battle Maidens. That's yeah. about it. Yes, and that actually might be a place where you'd want to use it, because they are all cavalry. Yeah. On the downside, Guided by Honor is specifically only Paragons, and Lion do still have a lot of mileage out of mixing up different kinds so of keywords. Yeah, so I think that Things like the new Paragons who have lots of personal honor and or who have abilities that gain honor will get some play. I don't know if it'll be enough to really push Lion into a specifically Paragon deck where you can play with a good number of Paragon-only cards. But their most commonly used generic keyword is Tactician, Kodo, Seichi. Seems nice, but... He's a straightened ability that doesn't work when bowed. And a lot of those we've been seeing lately are yeah. the guys work when bowed. Yeah, straightened abilities that don't work well bowed are kind of sad. I mean, they're usable, but it's, you know... Well, and he is straightened and bow something, so it's not right. just a straighten, but... But he, doesn't he have to straighten a target card when he uses He has to target a card, but he doesn't have to straighten it. He's straight, yeah, you, it doesn't say straighten a bowed card. If he's straight and... Oh, you, and he, it, yeah. If all else fails, you can just straighten himself. If for some reason you, you are, you'll never be forced to straighten one of your opponent's cards. Okay. The other tactician in this set is Raymon, and... I'm not really decided on him. I'm leading towards the I'm not a fan. He's a he's a little expensive for what Lion want him for. He's seven gold. Um, yeah. Uh, however, he can you know attack, force pump, and then range shoot you for a lot. What you'd be shooting for would be I discard a four. He goes up to being a seven force, and then he shoots somebody for five. Right. And that is certainly interesting enough, but. As we and others have discussed repeatedly, there's just so much competition for personality spots in Lion decks. And he's a seven gold guy with a good ability, not a six gold guy with a Yeah, good and he's got three force. Obviously, if he had more force, he would be better. But his force just gets exponentially better. I think it literally gets exponentially yeah. better. Oh, yeah, slap a weapon on him and he's doing just. Giant range attacks. Yeah, so maybe the Lion Weapon decks could have enough of an interest in him to justify that. I'm still guessing no, but we'll Probably see. not, but we'll see. Let's see. Know the terrain. That was terrible. We talked about that before. And calculated offensive, so yeah, I don't it's pretty terrible think there's too. anything new to say about those. We can go on to the sort of 
oddball. Let's have a Death Seeker. Okay, you got a Death Seeker. You got a Death Seeker. You got a Tone Through Life. I am. The only reason why I want to talk about Death Seekers is because Death Seekers are going to have a good matchup against Dishonor. Because all their people are zero personal honor. <laughs> yes. And they gain they gain honor. And they gain and honor they like fiends. And they can attack. But yeah, Akoto Evero. Decent battle ability. Yeah. I mean, equal to lower force still gets an awful lot of personalities. It's like the thing with the ranged attack four it's like people. Range four, yeah. The people are really dismissive of ranged fours, but ranged fours it still kills a lot of stuff. Range threes, you're done. But at the same time, he isn't that exciting. He is, unlike Hachigoro, who gets a really big boost against Lion, Emero gets a boost against the undead, but... What, un- yeah, yeah, what undead was... Yeah. How many undead had more than four force anyway? There are situations where it'll come up, but you were usually just going to be able to bow. You don't want to bow the undead, you want to bow the Shugenja, <laughs> who didn't have more than four force either. Right. So he didn't seem to get as much out of that trade as, as Hatchagora did. It would have been nice if he killed them if they were undead. I'm always in favor of undead hate. Or bowed an extra or something. But he is also a hero, so he plays into Lion's hero theme as well, along with Matsu Amuro, who... Three uh-huh. more heroes. What? Yeah, because Lion... I think Velo put it th- this way that main thing with heroes, you don't want a lot of heroes, you just want one at the battlefield. In addition to the, the general <laughs> issue where the swarm does not sync up that much with the hero stuff, just one guy who makes another guy a hero, that doesn't cut it. No. 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 That just doesn't. I think they've got enough heroes already. You can pay the same gold cost and get a Koto hero over here. Yeah. Or just anything else. Yeah. Heroic inspiration. It's amazing in Crab. The question for Lion. Of course, it's amazing. Yes, the, the, question, the question in Lion becomes well, we're not even going to talk about the other heroic card that's definitely never going to make it into the Lion. Is, is there a Lion deck out there that has enough random heroes in it that maybe you put heroic inspiration in? Yeah, it's less likely that you'll be able to, to use it because you need to have fewer guys. But still, on defense, you do have. You're always going to have fewer guys on defense. And so, do you think you get enough heroes? I don't know how many you need, 9, 12, to justify playing the card. Does any line deck get that many heroes in it? I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm so. inclined to think not. Certainly this set isn't adding any new random heroes into line decks. No. No. I mean, also, I don't think heroes really has that much that, oh, you can pull the guy in, but then what? I mean, He's not. I suppose if you're playing Deathseeker, there's there's the the guy who kills himself. That's a lot of Deathseekers, though. The seven gold cost guy with four fours. Well, we remember, hero, the Heroic Inspiration has to be a strategy card. I know. Okay. But I mean, he's a hero. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what that guy's ability is. I mean, you're... You're playing a, a card from your hand. Yeah. So, you're almost... You want, where's the Deathseeker that has the reaction? Because when my opponent takes the next action, they'll kill him. So he can react and gain me honor from dying. The other lion theme is commanders. I also have never actually seen a commander deck trotted out. I've seen but, a couple of follower decks. Yes, yeah. you do see followers. And so, yeah. you know, if we just skip right through 
preserve your forces in winter siege, which we've talked about before. There is rally through sacrifice, which we haven't hit yet. Which is a pretty good card for line followers, because they have that whole claw and shell problem. You know, more expensive followers can be an issue for them gold cost-wise sometimes. And so, you know, rally through sacrifice, at least you don't have to pay that full eight again. And then there's Matsu Seiko, the one commander in this. It's a decent force generation. Yeah, isn't that cute? She thinks she's Benica. Well, maybe she thinks she's Ide Khan. Yeah, I guess line player is not a way, yet another way to abuse Warrior's Patience, which I'm sure they'll enjoy. I haven't really seen Warrior's Patience abused much this not arc. So. Only, only people I play against. She seems solid. She early on, she gives you something to do if you were going to have to discard at the end of the turn because, you know, your your first couple attacks, your opponent doesn't defend. <laughs> they don't have guys out yet, right? Yeah. Especially when you're lying. So I she's mean, boxable, which doesn't make a difference for lion because basically everybody they have gets hit by boxable hate. So yes, it's most of the stuff that gets played now is not specifically boxable hate, but it's the six gold hate anyway. So Depending on what your philosophy is, sometimes line you can just be like, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to have guys. On the other hand, if you do want to minimize your exposure, Seiko's never going to be good enough to display some of those power six gold guys that Lion already has. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Lion did not seem to get much out of this, but then Lion didn't seem to get much out of Empire War, and that didn't stop them from being the... Best clan they're, in the Empire of War. They're the lion. So I think the like what you were talking about, Kevin, the biggest gain that Lion may have is if they have good game against the Dishonored decks. Yeah. And that yeah. can help keep them near the top in the tournament scene. But only one clan left now. <laughs> This is the Strange Assembly News Desk for February 4, 2011. CE15 Flashback Packs are back in stock at the AEG online store. It was announced on the L5R.com website that the next base set for the Legend of the Five Rings CCG will be Emperor Edition. All clans will be getting four themes again, but this time there will be no major or minor themes and no half themes that were not intended to be their own deck type like Dragon Duelists or Crane Artisans. Each clan will get at least one new theme, and eight of the nine clans will have access to at least two of the victory conditions, Honor, Dishonor, and Military. The first Emperor Edition theme, Yasuki Economic Warfare, was previewed today. One new theme will be previewed each Friday for the next 36 weeks. Strange Assembly is proud to announce its second metagame competition. The EAW competition is almost wrapped up, but the Dead of Winter competition is just beginning. All you have to do is come on our forums at www.strangeassembly.com forum and let us know how well you think the clans will do. All you got to do is rank them in 1 to 9. We'd also like to remind you again that the Atlanta Cote is on February 26th 
at the Tower Games in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Their website is thetowergames.com. Registration starts at 10 a.m., $30. Tournament starts at 11 a.m. Deck lists are required, so try to fill one of those out in advance, although blank forms will be available on site. In addition to the CCG tournament, there will also be a side event with prizes. That will be a trivia and quiz competition, including buzzers and everything. In recent story, there was The Haunted Lands by Rusty Prisk on January 27, 2011. In The Haunted Lands, the Mantis find out what happened to empty the Ivory Kingdoms, and it isn't pretty. This has been the Strange Assembly News Desk. See you next time. Well, because we wanted to destroy all of the clan diversity in the podcast today, in addition to our two Phoenix players, we have two primarily Dragon players. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll finish up with the Dragon. And let's start with the not really a theme theme. Miramoto Kijima, who's purely a duelist personality. Potentially lots of force. Potentially lots of force. I don't think anybody's going to bring back the Swarm Dueling deck, but I guess if they did, he's a possibility. I'm trying, but... If you can find good Aijutsu actions. I am honestly trying, but realistically, he's he's a blank dude, even if you get a bunch of force on him. Getting enough force to crack a province usually isn't the huge issue. Getting swarms of dudes that can break a province and then a couple on the next turn isn't the real issue. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix Swarm did well because it had a lot of cavalry. Lion Swarm does well because its guys also had battle abilities. Dragon Swarm did okay, but its guys don't have cavalry or much in the way of battle abilities. Dragon Swarm did well because POV. Pillars of Virtue is pretty awesome. Yeah, and oh yeah, I I hear people play with Box of Blade now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's another problem. It, It does not seem like a winning strategy to stretch to give yourself a bunch of boxables. Right. So it's good to go into and run into, straight into the spider meta. Then you've got Magistrates. Magistrates got one personality to set, Kitsuki Bakuko, who is the third revenge token. Yeah, another expensive revenge personality. She's pretty expensive. Revenge isn't cheap. And she would work best if there was some sort of aggressive... Dragon Magistrate deck, which there hasn't been so far this arc. I, I like her. I think she's a little pricey, um, especially for LSC, because that tends to run very few holdings. I mean, tends to get into play very few holdings. Yeah, although LSC, since Empire War, has not been, or maybe even before that, has not been as fixated on always getting that first-turn guy and then getting very few holdings. So there's been some, and she still bows a guy, and bowing your I mean, guy to bow one of their guys is... If there did on. exist a military-ish capable deck for Magistrates, you can totally throw her in, but I don't think there does. I mean, I will, honestly, I, I'm thinking about it right now, actually. There's plenty of good Magistrate control cards now, like Slot for Justice and... There's defensive nature. 
and you can run Hana Ishigi, and you've got some decent Forest Magistrates out there, you could run a, a Switch deck if you wanted to. You don't got much in the way of decent Forest Magistrates. I mean, the she follows on the heels of each of the last two sets having one Dragon Magistrate and that guy having zero Force. Yeah, those two guys. He said. But there are a variety of other Magistrate cards that, that come up, and we've gotten a lot of, excited about a lot of them in other circumstances because Dishonor should be really good, but the Kitsuki, unlike the Crane or the Scorpion, do not have a Dishonor option. And so a lot of that stuff doesn't do as well. And they aren't as good as those clans at consistently getting people dishonored, so something like Ignoble Demise is not nearly as exciting. You might be able to get somebody with it late game, but you've got a much longer period of time where you aren't going to be able to kill anyone with it. On the other hand, Reign of Justice is still fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kill card. Kill cards? Dragon have lots of chi... Bokoku is the second 5G magistrate, so that makes a range 6. Gain honor. Hard to argue with that. Or make her kind of lose honor if they're playing honor. Yeah, and the math works out correctly. Although, you probably won't get to use it if your opponent's playing honor, because neither of you will attack. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now, going from the dragon theme that everybody's probably still scared about to the dragon theme that nobody is scared of, Kensei? I like Kensei now. Yeah, I keep thinking Kensei's getting there. I mean, are we kind of contractually, legally required to mention a thousand cuts technique again? No, but you can anyway. I mean, and that guy you got last set automatically gets two weapons? Yes, he does. And and the dice show, which gives you two weapons? Yes. Mm -hmm. Although now you're playing with six cards that don't do anything on their own, but have static force just to enable one kill card. Uh, Which makes people play with 37 cards that do the same thing, play steel and steel, so... That's not... Well, they do other things. things. But I think Thousand Cuts technique is good. I think it's harder to get two weapons on people than... and and keep them there than people think. Although, as I said during the Scorpion section, on the bright side, if your opponent is blowing their battle actions on your guy who has nothing but a dice show, or your guy who just comes in to play with two weapons and doesn't do anything else, then you may not get to play a thousand cuts technique, but you'll still be able to Rising Sun Blade them and kill them with that. So, Yeah, a thousand cuts technique is a good card for bluffing somebody with the two weapons into a lightning rod instead of your good guy with a battle action you really want to take. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, thousand cuts technique is a good card. But I think it's reasonably costed. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a B and an end all. I mean, in a lot of ways, your jutsu is still better than Thousand Cuts technique. I don't know about that, but mm. your jutsu's got that whole force problem, where you have to target somebody with lower force than your weapon's force. I mean, I know if you got Rising Sunblade, you're good. Daisho kills any guy with five force or less. One of the nice things that Thousand Cuts Technique does bring is that it's a Kensei kill action that doesn't care if your opponent has a weapon or armor on it. And people actually do play with weapons and armor and a couple of other force-boosting items that you would mess up with something like Yarajutsu. So that is something nice that Thousand Cuts Technique brings. And you can't just splash it into a random weapon deck. It only works with a Kensei. Yeah. So that... 
is an advantage with one of the things that I think one of the things that has hampered Kensei is random weapon decks, partially because any other deck that's playing weapons starts to negate Kensei's kill cards, but also because within, especially within Dragon, people have had reason to go just play random good guys and weapons deck and not really focus on Kensei because there wasn't enough of a reason specifically to put the Kensei in your deck given how weak the personalities were. There is one specifically Kensei personality. And he's awesome. No, I'm oh. not talking about Hijatsu, who is awesome. I was talking about Tsubasa, who's oh, not awesome. It's not awesome. No, yeah. I agree. No, It's hard to look at Tsubasa <laughs> and say, that's bad. Force penalties don't excite me. But it's hard to get excited about that, and Kensei personalities need something to get excited about at this point to, to get them where, I think, to get them where they want to be. Because... The big thing we were all waiting for was the Kensei Stronghold, and the Kensei Stronghold hasn't... Kensei Strongholds Mm. uh, for both uh, Dragon and Scorpion. But at least it's a personality who doesn't say... She doesn't have to battle the weapon. It's a more subtle synergy with having a weapon just because it gives you higher force, not the brute force. I have to bow the personality if I don't have a weapon on them to bow or something. And then, yes, there's Hijatsu. Hijatsu isn't purely Kensei, because he also is a, a duelist card, and is also just going to go in random, unique decks. And he's made of wind. He's, he's great. He's pretty awesome. Battle kill you. He's not loyal, either. No. No. But once you get out of clan, the you're not getting a ton of force. <laughs> but no, he's great. And then there's monks, who are definitely going to get played, because... People like stuff. well, people like monks too, but they also yeah. just got a lot are, of stuff. Monks are fun to play. They got two good uniques. First, I love Tamori Wotan in here because he's tattooed. He's the only that's the only thematic tie-in that he has. But he shows you no mercy, Kevin. He will not join you. Uh-huh, it uh-huh, makes uh-huh. me sad because the eye patch is so awesome. <laughs> the limited ability is nice. You're not just looking and rearranging, but Actually getting to one. yeah, getting to move one down to the bottom. Let you, you get to rearrange them. No, but that's what usually the sort of effect is: is look at and then rearrange. I like this. You actually get better. to churn through cards a bit. The battle ability really is most noteworthy for its, its flavor aspect, but destroying a bowed enemy card is not bad. There are going to be times it does when cut through attachments and stuff. It, yes, you can bow the guy. And then kill him and all the attachments. And there are you, plenty of monks get into cards about people. So you may have somebody who used setting sunstrike and is going to be straightening later, or a spider guy who had serpent's deception and is going to add force even if bowed. You can still take those guys out, or just generically let's kill that guy before you get the chance to straighten him and wreak havoc again. Those crab decks that like to bother people for Kami Unleashed and then yes. straighten them off the box. The other dragon unique who is just fantastic is Tagashi Shiori. There's an awful lot of personalities who have more force than they have Chi. There seems to be a good number of void monks now. Which is weird. Uh, I, I think they, 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 Akagi Akagi are the only there's void a, monks. There's at least, yeah, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, Akagi. Okay. That's okay, nobody plays Nobody plays Akagi. him because he's blank. <laughs> but she's not blank. I guess 
that what ability on so many people. If you're playing Scorpion or Crane, you might not have anybody to use yeah. the ability on, I guess. And then she's just cheap for pretty good force. Yeah, she gets better force than Dragon usually gets for 8 gold, where we usually only end up with 4 for 8 gold. Of course, we have another guy who gets 5 force for only 7 gold, although that's because he doesn't do anything but have force. He kind of reminds me of Mr. Two Weapon, Kensei, from yeah. last set, in that it's a 7 gold guy with 5 force who is an enabler for mm-hmm. other cards. A- Akamoto gives you a second guy that you can put in your deck that isn't bad and comes with fire tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that lets He's you... He's also got four key. Which yes. makes yeah. playing, well, one of the flames, is it called? And he's a fire yeah. monk. And he's so a fire he gets monk. the plus one chi for that, too. So yes, he will kill everyone with one with the flames. And he will breath of the heavens for eight. Which is pretty nice. This is not bad. And, very nice. And... Maybe having six guys who come into play with fire tokens will be enough to drag Breath of the Heavens back into playability. I don't think it's been playable lately because it's just too much range three, which doesn't cut it. No. On the other hand, because the downside to Akimoto is he's just raw stats and fire token synergy, and just raw stats yeah. isn't that great. And so I think when you get to the point where the raw stats are, you're getting a force per gold, that's the point when raw stats become okay. I think the big thing is that he maybe he enables fire tokens. Yeah. You are getting a force per gold. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's also a couple of solid kehos that... I like the kehos. The dragon got, well, let's see, pure breath, free route, awesome. enough said. Yeah. But yeah. You are playing this in your monk deck. And two of your, your primary monk guys, Kanmu and Kyoshi. Uh, yeah, water. I'm not sure how much that comes into play. A lot of the monks... Yeah, a lot of monks, when they combine their, their, their honor and their, their key, they have like four. You've got at least a four, which is going to get most guys. Yeah. So And a lot of them are going to have Some, you know, fives or sixes when you add those together. So maybe it'll come up when you want to pure breath Noritoshi. But... <laughs> or pure breath somebody with a weapon. Yeah, yeah. And then die, rising sunblade, die. <laughs> But, yeah, free route is good. The other one is balance in water, which, if you haven't yet used your Pillars of Virtue, can be a harpoon kill. Or it can be a doomed detention. Move your guy in, take another action, right? Uh, yeah. But You've got other stuff that does that kind of thing. You've already got move in Kiho, and unless you're... I mean, I know you've got Falling Lee Strike already. Now, this one actually cares more that it's... It's like another cricket tattoo. Yeah. It, this one cares more that your water because you don't have to be straight to use it, but the move-in doesn't straighten you Yeah. unless the guy who performs it is water. It's hard to argue with Harpoon, especially since, as we keep saying over and over again, there are going to be these control dishonor decks, Never which are bad, which, are, which have guys who don't want to show up for battle and that are a bad matchup for Monk, and so that can help that out. Some along with Dove Tattoo from last set. The last Monk card, I think, is Panther Tattoo, which is another variant on the Bring a Guy In. You have an expression on your face that indicates... I'm not a big fan of those cards in particular. Um, 
I've always found that there's just some people who really like those kinds of cards, and there's some people who don't care as much. Yeah, well, and Panther Tattoo does... Well, it's a flavor thing. It, what, it does ignore honor requirements, which a lot of these don't do, and it gives you the gold cost reduction. Can Panther Tattoo Satsu in for six gold? That's, yeah. That's pretty nice. I don't know how... You know, that's one unique. You don't play it just for one unique. Monks don't have the option of will or anything like that to bring guys so in. My, well, so. my main problem with cards like Panther Tattoo is, because, is that they require a face-up guy in your province. And that's usually a problem because you're, you're, you usually bring him into play during battle on your turn and not buying them in, in Dynasty, which is decent, except that I don't really like move in at this point, because you just usually move in your guy, and then, then they die. Um, oh, don't forget it lets you pull guys out of the discard pile. You were talking about you can't, not dead guys, yes. but oh, discarded, discarded guys. Oh, okay, that makes, so, it, that makes it better. It does make it better. <laughs> okay. it, it has some flexibility. You get to ignore honor requirements, you get to pay less gold, multiple locations you can bring the guy from. Especially later in the game when you've only got the one province or something. Anyway, much more attractive to bring the guy out of the discard pile. Uh, yeah, that, that, that definitely raises it a good bit, actually. Then we have Inari's Blessing. It says Dragon Clan on it, but that's okay. No one's going to play it. Isn't that the one you, you've won? Yes. That's the only reason why I'm mentioning it. No, because we will mention every single card. Okay, just kidding. I'm giving you a hard oh, time. Yeah, it, the farm scheme just isn't playable. Nope. And it helps you play the farm scheme if you're Dragon, and then it is meta against the farm scheme. The odds of being able to nuke somebody's barley farm on turn two just aren't worth it. Not worth playing with. No, but not worth it, Comey. Anything else, Dragon? Not anything that you guys haven't mentioned yet. Okay, then. We'll wrap this up and then move on to the generic stuff we haven't managed to talk about yet. Ah, faithful listeners, one last little segment of way too much card-by-card breakdown for you to suffer through before we are done. So let's get started. Popery. Karyudo. Dog spirits have cavalry. Does anyone play with them? No. Okay. How about Iyoshi? I don't think he's going to get played, but it is an interesting mechanic where the second and third ones are really, really cheap. Yeah. 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 Well, also, just if for whatever reason you wanted to splash them into an honor deck, you can gain the two honor for the second and third. I don't that's, know why you would want that, to. That's a terrible you know, card for that's, honor. That's, that's terrible really idea. never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Unless he says duelist and he's not worth it. No. I, yeah. I suppose you could try that. He does hero. No. He's just a cheap body. Sepanuji Fusa, we had a whole episode He's more fun, Koku! Yukataka no Ona, the Snow Maiden. Discuss, if you ignore the fact that Bamboo it's Harvest really, is a forest. Yeah. Really, really scary out of Scorpion. You want to be the player with Bamboo Harvesters, obviously. Yes. Spider, yeah. have a hard time meeting the one honor requirement. requirement. Scorpion, do meet the one honor requirement. Yes. And usually go second. And if you get to use her ability at open, I just turn off a unit for the turn. That's pretty good for yes, how much is. she costs. Yes. Yeah. 
like I said, really, really scary out of Scorpion. Now, what forest mm. and winter cards might one have in a deck other than Bamboo Harvester? Well, there's only one forest card. And it's Bamboo Harvesters. On the winter cards, that's a different story. Blanketed forest is a forest. Although no one plays with that. No, no one plays with. that anymore, yeah. No. I don't think there's any real obvious played all over the place winter cards. And this winter is embraced, but that's out of honor. Mm-hmm. You, I guess you could play winter solstice. Probably ten Demons. to fifteen cards in this that say winter. Demon's decree is winter in this set. That's a good call. <laughs> that you can actually play. Yeah, you won't. But you, you could. Will, you could. <laughs> no, there's a lot of. And if you're playing cards. it, it's probably because you're an honor deck. Yes. Yeah. Private farm. Is it worth discarding a card to play with small farm? And why does this not have small as a keyword? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's actually medium. It's tiny. I don't know that I see it getting played. You could use it in Mantis, Dragon's Guard City, Ditch a Follower that you're going to get to bring back. Use it in Lions. Use Warrior's Patience a little bit. I mean, an 0 for 1 holding is good. I mean, obviously it's free money. But part of what made free money back so abusive back in the old days was just there was all the sorts quantity. of other acceleration. You were playing corrupt holdings that were all free and all sorts of other things to speed stuff up. I'm really glad I missed the bad old days. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I had to pick a spot for this, yeah, I guess I'd, the ones that I just had, you know, Lion, because they start with that tempo advantage and acceleration could help them keep it. Yeah. And then Mantis are the ones who would most consistently have something in their hand that they don't care about discarding because they could just Bring yeah. it back. I mean, they, they used to play with Imperial Artificers in those decks. Maybe they still do. They do. It's just another version of that. Standalone. What's that do? It makes one of your guys a hero and makes him always add his force even when bowed. If he's alone. Yes. That's right. That's not good enough because no, it's only when no. he's alone. No, but. Lack of Vigilance and Jimin's Decree, then, are, are the two more interesting events. Jimin's Decree. Shuts down the next event, and Lack of Vigilance lets you name a card, and it can't be played until the start of your next turn. That sounds pretty good to me. I like Lack of Vigilance. That requires you to have some knowledge yeah. does. of things. But if you're up against Dishonor, and it's like, like second to last turn, they're going to be defending. You're going to say, words have strength. <laughs> <laughs> and presuming you know all the names of all the cards in their deck. Well, you don't have to know all the names of all the cards. Sometimes there could be obvious things like sneak attack. Sure. Of course. Reinforce now that there's the two snake decks, yes, we'll reinforce the gate. Either way. If I, you I don't, don't know the name of the card and you have to ask your opponent, he's probably is, not going to help is it, you. Is it a specific <laughs> card? Or does it yeah, just name a card. Fate card. Oh, awesome. You name a card until you're not sure if against fate cards with that title. It can actually hose rings. It says so in the little parenthetical text on there. Yes. Enlightenment meta. Yep. <laughs> no, no ring of whatever. There you go. Uh, That's interesting. And now the question is, how long until somebody gets a judge call because they resolve lack of vigilance and they go, I name Sneak. And then their opponent attacks and goes, I play Sneak Attack. And then they yes. throw a fit and they're like, no, no, you said Sneak. I'm not playing a card named Sneak. I'm playing a card named Sneak Attack. That's different. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. It will happen. 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 That will happen. Why are people jerks? Why do there say some people I just want to smack? Just to be sure and know the full names of the cards, people. 
sadly enough, Meddling Mage back in Magic, oh, yeah. which was another comes into play name a card it can't be played. Uh, with split cards, had some entertaining. I always did think it would be amusing to have somebody name Fire, which was a removal spell that got played at the time, which doesn't count because it's part of a split card and you have to name both halves of the split card <laughs> to successfully name the split card. It never came fire up. Fire slash ice. Yes, you know? fire slash ice. It never came up, and I do believe the resolution of that, I'm not kidding you, even in... Very rules-oriented magic land was that if you actually tried to stick your opponent with like that, that may constitute unsportsmanlike like <laughs> Even magic was like, yeah, <laughs> stop being a jerk. Okay. What other random things can we flip up in our provinces that aren't personalities? See, we have snow-covered plain. It's like hey, a bad outer wall. It's a winter card, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then there's Treacherous Defile, which is a mountain card, but not oh. winter. Is that, what does that one do? You have two guys who are different clans, and you get to bow an enemy attacking personality or follower without personalities. Doesn't sound good. That's not... No. You may have decks with other guys in them, but they have to both be on the board at the same time, and... This is one of those I have a hard plays. enough time getting a samurai and a shugenja <laughs> at the same battlefield on a consistent basis. This is the card so you play with in the sealed deck tournament, and then you put it in a box. It's amazing in sealed. Yes, it is. Well, more so in draft than sealed, but yeah. then draft with expansions is always kind of scary anyway. Yeah. Alright, the other kami, Ekik Yogami. That is for people who have never ever heard is the fortune of the pestilence and plague who must be having a really fun time. But her card is even less playable than Inari's Blessing. There are two other cards that hand out poison tokens, neither of which played. gets played. So at yeah, best I this mean, is... Not... not, not. Poison tokens. Play, I'm sorry, play, play tokens. Play There's tokens. plenty of cards, yes. If she killed something with a poison token, that would be good. My ninja deck. <laughs> so she gives someone minus two cheap. Yeah, two battle, two. kill someone who has got two or less cheap. Kill a berserker. Kill a berserker. <laughs> yes. Kill a zombie. No, it's no, one it's personality one person. gets two. Okay. You cannot split them up Sad and really person. nuke <laughs> the personalities. Oh, let's see. What do we have on the fate side? Snowy Plains. It's another winter card, hey. but it's irrelevant because... We have personalities and followers of this battlefield that minus one force while their controller has no winter cards. No. No. If that just said your like, if that just said you don't control had minus, minus one, one force. Yeah. Temporizing ground, it's a less scary version of crippling. That's still pretty scary. It's more of a defensive card, which makes it less scary. Yes, I I toss it out there with my defensive deck. I could care less about my guys' force. They, have they don't have any anyway. to begin with. We got another terrain, croplands. You could infinite farmlands for one battle. Does that have any kind of not really play to it? Well, it's nice in that last battle where you've got all your gold. You're not doing anything <laughs> with it, but at yeah. the same time, why I mean, would you it, want it just for that one last battle. Or if you did, you'd like it better if it was just an open that said, "Right, this turn you have open." But yeah, as it stands, it gives your guys protection. But after your opponent already has the chance to jack them up. Yeah, it's and, costing you the tempo. And it's really expensive. For I consider it a really expensive way to buy a province, basically, on the attack. 
I'd rather just play with charge. Yes. As far as that goes. Force is cheap. We're not impressed even with things that say unopposed, plus four force. This, if you're just getting force out of it, not too impressed. Endless stamina. Straighten your normal size guy. Yeah. Uh, boxable. Not bad. Pretty good. Yeah, and now your guy targets base force, but the other guy... Just targets gold cost. Gold so, cost, so, so maybe this has... Gonna love it. Yeah, maybe this has extra play out of uh, out of the magis. But they've got so many good options for that deck for favorites. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't seem like it would be enough. You want to just have boxable hate to be, I shut down all I mean, of your boxables. But there are, there are cards that people out there who play cards just for the open straight, and I can see being played out of crab. Don't forget that it does not straighten the unit, just the guy. Yeah. Now, Winter Pilgrimage is a more interesting... And it's an interesting card, because you can use it aggressively and defensively. Yeah. Yes, two. Your guy can't defend. That's yeah. not shabby. And if he moves in, then I just get to kill him. And most decks are running Magistrate. I mean, Samurais. Excuse there me. you go. That is actually a pretty decent card that has Winter printed on it. Yes, decent card that says Winter. Yeah, your opponent usually has Samurai. There are, are going to be matches where it's Works dead, nothing, yeah. which is a problem. Some Phoenix decks, you're not going to have anything to hit. Monk decks. Spider. Uh, spider some, some of the spider decks. But it's still pretty good for the matches where it does yeah. do what it's supposed to. Yes. Fires of War. Use your stronghold twice. Pretty good for those of us with battle kill things on their yep. stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's four focus value. Yes. Which is also pretty sweet. Yes. TST dueling can use it. There are obviously some... I want to use it with Pillars of Virtue to further annoy the opponent. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You want to play it as an open for that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, if you if your battle action is, I can use the battle action on my stronghold another time, that's a huge tempo loss. Yeah. So you want to get yourself in situations where they've got to defend. Yeah. So later, later in the game... Give them situations the where they don't problems. want to defend anymore. Probably better ways to, to do that. But now, you don't have to worry about timing if you've got an open thing. I know it does require bowing a guy, but Fires of War, using Last Step Castle twice? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I can come up with something <laughs> useful to do with 14 province strength. and That sounds pretty good. Take yep. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. There's a Keep lot of nasty strongholds. Uh, I, I think the worst is um, which which scorpion causes you to lose two honor for every province they busted. Seven stings. Seven, yeah, seven stings causing you like eight, eight honor. honor loss. Yeah. yeah, that'll be pretty rough. But they're not going to be playing that one anyway. Yeah, well, so, they could, but I won't. Then we have subversive influence, four focus value, sort of forewarning, also anti kami. Good news, dueling decks. You get to hose events now. Going to the last step castle or crane dueling honor, there's some really nasty anti-honor events that get played constantly. And forewarnings are real pain. Subversive influence. I mean, yeah, maybe the new order comes back later on, but probably not. Uh, shuffling in is almost the same thing as negating it. And it also gives you the option to get rid of Akoto's guide systems. You know, <laughs> if Lion goes first on your honor deck and they flip Okoto's Guidance, you're dead. I, you're just done. Yeah. Like, I was, when I was looking at trying to make the 
Dragon Swarm deck work again this arc, this was the one card which I thought was the biggest help for it. I mean, forget these little boxable personalities to get bonus force. It's this 4G Hosen event, so I'm like, the Imperial Census? Not losing them immediately this game. Crossing the Forbidden Sea? Yeah. No, yeah, we're, and, we're and if you're playing a, uh, a boxable military deck, yeah, that's awesome. You can and you can also get rid of you know, freaking mantis guidance. It gives them an extra province. Yeah, I guess even if you're not dueling for event negation, that's so yeah, subversive influence is just better than forewarning. Than forewarning, I think, but forewarning, you know, does skill a terrain. Does do terrain terrain come up? <laughs> I remember I taught my brother to play. He was playing a spider breeder deck. He kept on drawing forward, and it's like, "Do you have any trains in play?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's not what that card is for. Just wait. What this card is for? You'll understand when you see it. Let's wait. Okay, secondhand goods. Fantasy. Mm, oh, really? <laughs> removes the guy from the game. Oh, it doesn't come back. Yeah, it removes it from the game. Excuse me, it, I'm smoking crack again. It's got some functionality. I don't think I consistently want to nuke my own stuff. Just to play with a card, especially since you're not gaining well, any card advantage. You're killing one of your cards and playing another card at your hand to draw, draw two, two cards. I mean, there are going to be times when you have some bowed follower and you just really want to get some more stuff. It's basically just deck thinning. Yeah, but you had to, but really specific spend money you know, for, for the the follower. And, and uh, speaking of followers, archery units doesn't have any force. Not going to happen. Yeah. Shoots guys with uh, weapons really well. Gonna kill, oh, it, yes. gonna kill it with determined force. <laughs> <laughs> Dependable gear strikes me as one of those cards that seems there should be somewhere for it, it's, but it's, it's never the, actually going to make it in. It's that negate. Negates uh, your guy getting moved or bowed. That sounds pretty good. It on does. Three force for four gold armor. Yeah, it does. People only and yet, really play armor if it's like ridiculous. Three fours I, for fours. I've seen a couple of crab builds that are thinking about putting it in, but they're they're still trying to find room for it. Yeah, the use has so many options at this point, but it is about protecting one big guy. Crab are about big guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean the problem right now is making room with all the proactive actions for a completely reactive card. Speaking of reactive armor that has three force and costs four gold. Armor of the Loyal Sun. Potentially dangerous card. That's that's got some some scary. You guys, you like to create your Jimbo tokens, right? All your Jimbo tokens? I don't yeah, know. I, I would still... Buddy and Hoo both want to go away for that. I would still be hesitant about playing it. It, it might make it into a very particular Phoenix deck with a bunch of expendable puds. But it does have four focus value. Yes. Always a bonus. But if you're not careful with it, it will bite you. It is cursed. You might bring out a better guy, and then they'd kill your worst guy with an attachment, and then you'd be... No, I mean, because it's triggered off of the cards negate destruction, and so if you get routed, it triggers the... and you have to kill a dude. You don't have a choice. It's a trait. Oh, yeah, that's right. It... Yeah, if they that's, just blow up the attack. If it was a reaction, <laughs> yeah. if it was a reaction, I'd be like, oh, that's, I'm all about that. But this, since it's a trait, you don't have any yeah. choice about it. That's right, they just destroy the armor and then one of your guys dies. <laughs> Ouch. Sangasurai. It's free. It straightens your guy after he... The, the Nimarani? Uh, what? Is that the Nimarani? Yeah. yeah. You're, so this card has to bow after 
this card bows or is destroyed, it strains the personality. So it strains the personality after this bows to battle resolution? That's what I'm thinking. Or if your opponent chooses to blow up your attachment, then your guy happened to be bowed? I don't know. Yeah, I'll just play with Spearhead. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I'd say play with Balanced Yari. <laughs> well, that costs gold, right? Suruchi Daikyu. Can't say I don't really like it. It bows itself. And I think Rising Sunblade is still going to get played over that, so is there going to be room for I think they'll both get played. huge weapon? Anything we missed? Any cards we have not talked about? For our long-suffering ah, listeners? strike quickly. Yeah, we talked about that. You did? Yes. Last episode. You Darn you. You'll live. Doing things without me. We're almost done with this episode of Strange Assembly, but first we should mention, again, we are having a prediction contest. The Empire at War prediction contest is not yet finished. There's still at least one more storyline events before we go ahead and give Hendrik his rare set of Harbinger, because <laughs> I don't think the one more tournament's going to change the results, but we'll you know let it play out. Uh, we'll be doing the same basic thing for this time. Come on to the forums, make your prediction about how you think the clans are going to finish in the dead of winter environment, which is basically going to be Kote season, I think. Uh, certainly all of Kote season, and then however long until they come out with another expansion. I don't know how the timing with that is working with the changed release date for the new base set. But... It will be judged based on the ability of decks of that clan to make the cut, get rid of some of the randomness from just who wins or not. We will be making our predictions on the next episode, which will be basically the pre-Cote episode, where we'll go more in-depth about different deck types and less so about individual cards like we have been this time or forums, if you do want to visit them, they're on strangeassembly.com. You can download individual episodes of the podcast from our website there, or you can subscribe and just automatically get everyone. You can also subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. And if you want to get updates about when there's something new on the website, you can follow Strange Assembly on Twitter or become a fan of Strange Assembly on Facebook. So I have those set up to automatically, anytime a new episode or something think, goes up, you'll get notified about that. I don't that. think I'm a friend of Strange Assembly on Facebook yet. Well, Strange, Strange Assembly Strange. doesn't really like you that much either. Oh. <laughs> you know, now I'm not sure if I want to be friends with you guys anymore. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> we'll just poke you in a couple of weeks or something. Whatever you do on Facebook. For Jay Earl, Kevin Kennedy, and Justin Purdy, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Killed all their guys. Just the fire alarm. <laughs> I guess I can just pause it. Oh, hey, there was a fire. <laughs>